0: up a chair, put your hands by the fire, enjoy some mulled wine, some crackers, and join me as we discuss the origins of Christmas. So yes, it's another episode of uh, the podcast and I'm delighted once again to be hosting for you and I hope that you'll find this episode interesting, it's perhaps a bit of a break from the norm, but I felt it was um, not only interesting but perhaps relevant. Um, In today's uh, mass age of mass commercialization, um, an um, over-exploitive trend of the festive time of year. So yeah, today we're going to be taking a look at the origins of Christmas. I had to do a little bit of research on some of this, but most of it I already knew. But I wanted to be as um, accurate and as knowledgeable as possible. Uh, I guess um, we look at this time of year as a uh, as a Christian festival, and um, it is named. Christ Mass, after all, Um, and we celebrate the uh, culmination of these um, face of time on the 25th of December, which in the Christian tradition um, is the uh, date um, that uh, Jesus the Christ was supposedly born or entered the world. Um, This this date is, is, is uh, and this time, is, uh, is kind of spread out amongst the world to encompass um, other traditional traditions um, and other uh, peoples who uh, are not, or who do not, identify as Christian. And that's okay because really at the end of the day, <clears throat> besides the religious connotations of the f- um, festival, excuse me, really, at the end of the day, it is a time of um, sharing, gift-giving um, and a time of reflection and a time, obviously, of goodwill to all, so this obviously should be a universal concept rather than limited to um, those of the Christian faith, but regardless, um, this, uh, this time of year, this uh, Christmas, Really isn't a Christian festival at all, um, as you will have noted in the, um, the the headline for this podcast. It is indeed a pagan festival, and many of the um, traditions that we do so enjoy um, and we do honour and cherish, uh, much of the imagery and associated um, activities, all do have their roots in earlier um, civilizations. Earlier um, ethnic group practices, and uh, as I mentioned before, really um, the 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 very um, origins of this time of year um, are really uh, can be traced back to very pagan times. So let's start from the most recent um, iteration of um where we think uh christmas um stems from and that is the image of uh the jolly man of santa the claus or mr claus or um indeed just santa uh many people will 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 understand who this figure is if not everyone um he is generally displayed as a Plump, jovial man, um, Caucasian white man, um, middle-aged with a white flowing beard, um, and his garb is that of a red and white suit. Yeah, now many people perhaps will understand, or perhaps some people will will understand that. um, he was not always betrayed like this, and I guess a lot of people will um, suggest and remember and understand that uh, this uh, this idea of Santa and um, being dressed in red has its origins with the Coca-Cola company, the brand of. Um, soda beverages which are famous throughout the world. Many people will um, uh, be of the understanding um, or will <clears throat> be of the knowledge that um, this, uh, this idea of Santa being in red and white which is the colours of um, Coca-Cola Company um, were part of a marketing campaign or a rebranding and um, that changed the the color of uh, Mr. Claus from green to the colors of Coca-Cola. However, this is not quite true and uh, we'll find that out as we as we take a look at this. So um, basically the the idea of um, Santa um, or Santa Claus came um, or was associated with, with, uh, with Coca-Cola um, back in the 1920s when they placed ads in magazines with a version of Santa Claus that um, had little resemblance to the modern Santa Claus that we know of today. Um, we only have to look at uh, Coca-Cola uh, campaigns whether they are magazine adverts, posters, billboards, or television commercials to <clears throat> understand um, uh, the version of uh, Santa that is portrayed by Coca-Cola. Um, but back in when they first started um, associating Santa or using the, the concept of Santa Claus um, in their um, marketing campaigns, they, they, they placed adverts in, in magazines with a traditional Santa Claus, which we would not recognise today. As I said, this was a, a very strict-looking Santa Claus, and um, a very stern, thin-looking Santa Claus. And this this idea comes from, um, or the the image of Santa Claus that was portrayed um, in in um, in art, in pictures. Um, generally stem from a civil war cartoonist called Thomas Nast. He started drawing images of uh, of um, Santa Fora magazine um, back in 1862 and he continued um, sketching um, and etching and refining his version of Santa Claus over the next 30 years. The biggest change um, I guess would have been what is attributed to Coca-Cola, which is the, the, the change of colour of his garb. Um, no, it actually was not. Um, it actually was not um, Coca-Cola who uh, changed the, 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 the colour of Santa's garb from um, green to red. It was Thomas Nas, this <coughs> Civil War cartoonist, who changed the colour of Santa's coat, which he wore the time, from a tanny colour to a red. And um, this may sound strange but you only have to look at uh, old traditional Victorian Christmas cards or any sort of uh, uh, Germanic or Norwegian Scandinavian um, type cards. You'll see that Santa um far from being dressed in red, uh, was dressed in kind of uh, earthly colors, <clears throat> perhaps um, sort of uh, colors that uh, may um, uh, um, colors in, in and clothing that would um, be uh, appropriate and local to the, the cold, harsh um, environment in which he is normally betrayed. So no, it was none um Coca-Cola who um changed and had an influence on the changing of uh of of the the, the colour of um Santa Claus's garb from green to red it was indeed Thomas Nast um who changed it from tan to red. <coughs> As I said, this is back in the 1920s um when um Coca-Cola um, used the traditional um, concept and um, portrayal of Santa as a thin, strict-looking Santa Claus in their uh, in their magazines. Um, it wasn't until 1930 that he was first, <coughs> excuse me, portrayed as drinking a bottle of Coke, though. Um, We now see uh, um, adverts in magazines and television, which are synonymous with um, Santa drinking a bottle of Coke, but it was not always the case. It took um, ten years from when they first started um, using the image of Santa Claus in their adverts um, until they uh, associated him with drinking a bottle of Coke. Um, In 1931, an illustrator by the name of Haddon Sunblorm drew him as a plump, jolly figure instead of the thin man he had been betrayed until then. The idea behind that was that uh, uh, Coca-Cola wanted uh, a more wholesome, a more family-friendly, a figure that you could relate to um, in order to help Obviously, uh, sell more bottles of Coke. Um, they they wanted someone that you could relate to, um, for their uh, for their marketing campaign. So this illustrator, had on Sundlorn, was tasked with uh, changing the appearance of of, of Santa um, yeah. instead of being the, the an, an ordinary thin man dressed Santa. He decided to. Um, Decided to draw an inspiration from Thomas Nast's earlier work. um, And uh, decided then to to draw him as a plump, um, older man then, instead of the the previous version that has been betrayed. But the changes didn't stop there. Hadn't kept refining the image um, until he eventually changed Santa's uh, visage basing basing the face, basing the image upon himself and and even up as far as 1942, he introduced uh, an accompanying character um, in all uh, uh, images and um, uh, artwork for Santa. He introduced a, a type of sprite character um which was based upon um santa's elf or one of santa's elves um and this continued on and um, this elf character <coughs> until around the 1960s where coke actually took the sprite character and made a soda drink based upon it and the nowadays we have the um the sprite Lemonade drink, and, and it much like the, the the Sprite or Elf character is green in colour. So we can see the the the, the influence, the, the very modern influence, but fairly limited influence um, of uh, of um, of the Coca Cola company on um, the character of Santa Claus. But <clears throat> going back further in time. We can see, and most people will remember and identify um, and understand that the the concept of Santa Claus, the actual character, is based upon the um, saint of Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas is reputed to um, uh, have lived in a country called Mara which nowadays um, lies in modern-day Turkey, but was originally part of the, the, the Greek um, was only part of the, the, the Greek um, dynasty, which was then under Roman rule. He said he lived around the, the 4th century AD, um, which was after the birth of Christ, so 400 years after the birth of Christ, and was a Christian bishop at the time. He, uh he to come from a wealthy family uh, but forsake all of his possessions and devoted his life to Jesus the Christ so uh, in turn then became a, a Christian bishop with what little um was left of his uh, possessions and his, his wealth he distributed these out and I guess this is um This is where we begin to see where one of the the, the great traditions of Christmas come from. He's rumoured to have tossed little pouches of gold through the windows of um, supposedly poor girls and poor women without a dowry or without a husband um, to stop them from from going to slavery or prostitution. So it was in order to give them some wealth so that they would not have to um, offer themselves of to prostitution or offer themselves to, to be slaved. He would also give gifts and money to, to poor orphan children, uh, remembering his, his own um, or, orphaned childhood, I guess, when he um, uh, depossessed de, 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 de himself um, of his wealth um, and his family. Um, <clears throat> after he died um in long after he died um uh church members in in eastern europe probably of the um orthodox christian faith um in ukraine russia that part of the world um members of the 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 congregation would nicholas and um Um, would dress as Saint Nicholas and come bearing gifts um, to bring the children in the church at that time, indoctrinating them into the faith. Much later, um, this concept of Saint Nicholas was brought by the Dutch when they um, emigrated to America. So the Dutch brought their version of Saint Nicholas um, to America with legends about the saint magically visiting houses to deposit gifts in stockings this time. So we can start to see how uh, how through translation, through different cultures, and through embellishment that um, even even the, the apparent truth of Saint Nicholas then becomes changed and begins to resemble modern day traditions. At this time, the Dutch legends had St Nicholas um, helped by a dark elf-like figure, or a sprite, which would probably more than likely have influenced um, uh, Haddon Sundblom, who worked for Coca-Cola, when he introduced the sprite character um, in in, uh, any Images and drawings that he did for Coca-Cola, <clears throat> um, but the Sprite figure um, was uh, was was kind of hunched over, had fur and stuff like that, and his origins appear to lie more with the um, with the pagan forest de- deity, um, Herne the Hunter, or, or Pan, or perhaps even the Celtic horn god Sirinus. Um, so, once again, far from um, being a, a Christian um, tradition or a Christian origin, uh, we can start to see uh, the, the um, pagan influence um, upon the, the, the origins of Christmas. When researching this, um, I came across more information um, regarding this, and, and, and perhaps more tags that you could potentially um, link to this uh, to this character, some necklace, to these uh, to these pagan gods. Um, but I, I think that I thought that perhaps it probably would have went off at a tangent and. Um, the the original point would have been less, So I've left these points out, but believe me, there there are a lot more um, things to consider. Anyhow, so um, just another point um, of another Christian tradition. Uh, The idea of Christmas trees originated around the 16th century in Western Germany. Um, They were named paradise trees, which were really evergreen trees. And they were placed in people's homes to commemorate the Feast of Adam and Eve. So hence the idea of Paradise Trees as Adam and Eve lived in Paradise before their fall. Um, and this uh, this, um, this feast um, took place on Christmas Eve each year, so yet another link. Going back even further into time, into history, we look at uh, the, the Romans, um, so you're talking approximately give or take, well not give or take, you're going back around 2,000 years ago, um, give or take a uh, 100 years or so. The Romans historically um, celebrated the Winter Solstice. Uh, the Winter Solstice takes place on the 24th of December and it is the shortest day of the year. It is when the night is longest and the day is shortest. So they celebrated um, the 22nd, um, the day after the winter solstice, um, as this was the end of the darkness and the start of the rising of the sun. So they celebrated the banishing of darkness and uh, the return of light to the world. And they, they held festivals <coughs> which um, took place over, over many days to, to re celebrate or to celebrate this rebirth of the year. Things that um, they would have done would have been to decorate houses with greenery. They would have lit candles celebrating um, and uh, honouring the, the, the rebirth of the sun, the banishing of the darkness. They would have held very merry parties. Um, with um, lots of um, debauchery and um, intoxicative drinks um, being consumed, um, and of course giving gifts to each other. Saturnina was um, the god Saturn who the, the Romans um, worshipped at this time of year. Just as a side note, um, it's interesting that uh, Saturn is, is also the planet where um, it is said that the council of nine who are very highly evolved spiritual beings, who reside over all um, spiritual undertakings and undergoings and influence um all development and all spiritual evolution throughout our solar system, and watch over humanity. Uh, this is where they are said to reside, um, and they are said to um, reside or um, have their um, oh, I don't want to say headquarters, but anyway, this is where they they apparently dwell within the rings. Of Saturn on a, a dimension that's not attainable um, through any of our instrumentation or even if we were Tibbets there whatsoever. <clears throat> so it's an interesting connection um, or an interesting point to make. Anyway, um, on the 25th of that month, which obviously in the Christian calendar is the rumored birthday of, of Jesus the Christ they celebrated the birth of the sun god Mithra, so remember that they they celebrated the the rising of the sun. Um, They also had uh, a god of the sun which they called Mithra. And it's interesting to note, which I'll discuss in part two of this particular podcast, um, how many um, gods and mythical figures have the 25th of the month um, in common along with a lot of other supposed um, supposed dates um, and events that are um, largely thought to be unique to, to Christianity. But we we can go back <clears throat> we can go back further again and um, we can look at uh, we can look at um we can look at uh, Sami herdsmen from the people of Lapland in Finland um, and we can look at um Siberian um Siberian herdsmen and uh, natives um, Siberian um, herdsmen of, of, of reindeer um <clears throat> and we can look at um, the role of uh, The Amanidia muscaria mushroom and its massive influence on on the traditions of Christmas. Amanidia muscaria is very noticeable by its red cap um, and it has white spots on it. Um, I think that most if not all people will instantly and easily recognise this mushroom. it, it, it is uh, portrayed in so many um, uh, classic fables and tales, um, some of our famous tales and imagery. The Amanidia Muscaria mushroom is known to hold psychedelic or psychoactive properties, um, but it's this association with reindeers that we also find um, fascinating and uh, we can tie into very modern um, iconography of of Christmas um, and the celebrations of Christmas. These mushrooms are poisonous and if they are eaten raw by humans, but if they are dried and eaten, it produces the psychedelic properties. Um, to, To be dried um they were probably hang, hung in stockings on trees or over fires um, they were of great use to um, to shamans um, of both as I said the, the Sami people of uh, of Finland and the um, Siberian herdsmen shamans. Shamans are our healers and uh, they also um, bring back healing and messages and uh, resolutions to conflicts from the, from the spirit worlds. One way um, in which uh, shamans from all over the world, including uh, North American Indian shamans and also um, shamans from um, the rainforest of South America um, in the Amazon jungle, um, would get in contact with the spirit world is by the consumption of psychedelic um, plants. In this case, uh, we're talking about the Amanita muscaria mushroom. So <clears throat> once uh, shamans, the idea perhaps that if, if they, there's also another line of thinking to suggest that um, some shamans, um, watched the the reindeer consuming these these mushrooms, which are said to have grown under evergreen trees, um, which obviously we put into our homes at Christmas time. They're said to grow under uh, certain uh, evergreen trees um, and were consumed by reindeers. Some reindeers were uh, Notice they have like a drunken effect, and the, the shamans made the connection between these mushrooms and um, the effects that it had on the reindeers. Um, I'm assuming that they, they quite quickly learned that the the, the the mushrooms were poisonous and probably not very nice tasting um, to the uh, to the taste. <clears throat> so one way that uh, these shamans were um, rumored to um, To get the psychoactive substances from these were um, waiting till the the reindeers had urinated and collecting the urine and drinking it in in some form, either distilling it or drinking it as it was and thereby ingesting the the psychedelic or psychoactive properties. This obviously was one way um, and another would have been, as I said, if they were dried and, and eaten like that. So in this uh, psychedelic state, when they were in this altered state and um, trying to make contact with the spirit world, um, mm. rumoured to have uh, a lot of green and red imagery. Um, obviously, this or sorry green, white, and red imagery. Um, while in this psychedelic state, obviously the the mushroom itself was this colour, but um, it is notable to to um, to uh, Say that uh, the 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 colours the, the most overwhelming colours that are reported while in this uh, in this state are indeed again red and white. Um. Also, one of the effects, um, or one of the sensations that is often reported, are sensations of being able to fly while in the state. Um. So I think once again, looking at this here, we can begin to understand where the, the concept of reindeers, um, concept of Christmas trees, and the concept of flying reindeers, and of course the red and white, which um, was not obviously uh, invented by by um, Coca-Cola, but was um, perhaps drawing on these traditions, um, the, uh, f- the Civil War cartoonist, um, Thomas Nas got his inspiration from. <clears throat> so, on top of that, um, due to due these climates, these very snowy um, con- uh, climates, uh, at the time, most, uh, most yurts or dwellings, would have been covered with vast tracks of snow, leaving uh, entrances and paths blocked, and uh, all the the occupants could do would be to huddle down and and um, bunker in and wait for um, for 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 warmer weather to um, manifest, so that they could um, obviously uh, go to and from their their their. Their, their dwellings, the only uh, the only um, visible part of this would have been the, the smoke hole or the chimney, which would have been clear and visible at the top. As um, the the occupants in this would have had a fire going, and the heat um, rising would have melted any snow that would have laid upon there. So any of the the, the herdsman or any of the anyone um, out in the, the 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 snow snowy landscape at the time. Um, on reindeers with slaves, um, the only way to access um, the people in these dwellings, to deposit food parcels for them, um, or perhaps even gifts off the, the, the amanita mascara mushrooms, um, was to drop um, food parcels or gifts down these smoke holes or chimneys inside. So... Once again, we we begin to see how the um, the idea of, of, of Santa Claus dropping um, gifts or coming down the chimney <clears throat> uh, has its origins in in these uh, in these um, shamanistic rituals um, and pagan rituals. Finally. Um, Going back further yet again, right into um, pagan times, um, <clears throat> we find that uh, uh, we find that the Norse um, Scandinavian culture and um, the Norwegians uh, that they worshipped the sun, and the sun was seen as the changing of the seasons. They seen the sun as a wheel, and um, and the Norwegian word for wheel is Hul. I hope I pronounced that right. And this, uh, I believe, translates to Yule, which is obviously short for yuletide So this, again, is, is is another word for Christmas. It's a, a kind of old-fashioned word. It's a not a particularly common word, but we we understand and we realise. What it is, and you know, we use it sometimes in our culture, it's mostly on greeting cards. So, Yuletide um, comes from the Norwegian word "hul," which means wheel, as they saw the sun as a wheel. <clears throat> Possibly around the same time, Celtic uh, Celtic druids, which were Celtic priests, pagan priests, um, which uh, worshipped um, various fertility gods and goddesses. Imagine the Celtic horn god, Cyrenus. Um, they, uh, they would um, cut mistletoe, which grew on an oak tree, and give it as a blessing. Oaks were seen as sacred, and so a gift of mistletoe was seen as a blessing. They would also uh, get a log and, and put a candle in it which was led to abolish the darkness, which then helps hence gives us our eulogs. Celts at this time also sung songs or carols in a circle as part of fertility rituals. So we can see far back into um, Roman and predating Roman times, Um, how the very origins of Christmas um, stem from um, fertility rituals um, worshipping the sun and uh, nature rituals and how a lot of these um, rituals and um, ideas and concepts have made its way (coughs) into our modern culture we've seen how uh, the influence of the Romans um, in their celebration of the the winter solstice, (coughs) excuse me, how this um, was very close to the the, um, 25th of the month when they celebrated the birth of the sun god Mithra, Um, and how these two rituals then became... um, co-opted into Christianity as to celebrate the 25th of the month which is Christmas Day as the birth of Jesus the Christ the Son of God and of course um, we also have seen how the humble but uh, very funny psychedelic Amanita muscaria mushroom has provided um, quite a lot of the imagery and a lot of the the folklore around um, Christmas and um, the the idea of flying reindeers contributing obviously to the the idea of gifts being dropped by shamans down um, chimneys. bit later then we, we, we see that um, St Nicholas um, uh, was associated with uh, with Christmas and he was the inspiration for Father Claus. Um, we see how he um, would give gifts and money to, to the children which continued on in, in the um, church tradition where members of the congregation dress like St Nicholas and bring gifts to children. Um, and later on obviously the Dutch version of Saint Nicholas um, magically visited houses to deposit the gifts in stockings. Uh, we've also seen how um, in their um, version um, he was uh, helped by a, a, an elf-like or sprite-like figure um, who appears to have his origins with um, the Herne the Hunter or Pan or as he mentioned before the Celtic God Surinus. We see in today's traditions that um, uh, certainly that this idea um, of, of of a sprite or an elf figure <clears throat> was certainly influenced um, Thomas Nast, a Civil War cartoonist who, for thirty years, was responsible for drawing the image of of um, of Santa Claus. Um, Actually, it wasn't him. It was later on when um, uh, Coca-Cola became involved and the illustrator had on Sunblorn um, decided to, to redraw him as a plump jelly figure um, and uh, invented or um, drew upon previous imagery Hello, to um, introduce the sprite figure, which then became a, a beverage of... Coca-Cola zone, it was actually Thomas Nas to um, change the red or change the colour of uh, the traditional type of Santas up until that point from tan to red so hopefully this has been a, a useful and interesting and different podcast. Um, it's just nice and it's interesting to note where all of these traditions that uh, we associate today with, with Christmas um, perhaps christianity and of course also other cultures have have co-opted these these and integrated them into their own but how all these uh how all of these traditions um uh, have the roots in in many different civilizations and many different cultures across the world going all the way back into um i was going to say heretic not heretic Pagan times, and so Christmas really, at the end of the day, isn't uh, isn't just a Christian festival. Um, it should not just be celebrated by Christians. And if you're of a different faith or if you're of a different belief system, um, and would really like to enjoy the the concept of Christmas, and um, hopefully this will um, show you and make you realize that. Uh, it does not have uh, Christianity does not have a patent on this year, and it is open and available to all. But lastly and largely, Christmas throughout all of this is a time of goodwill, of good spirit, good cheer to all, and it is a time when, as I said, we celebrate in the northern hemisphere the turning from the darkness um, into the light. Uh, as we move from one season to another we see changes. so it's the discarding of the old and into the new or the rebirth And so this should be a very universal spiritual trend, uh, tradition. So in part two of this podcast um, I'm going to be looking at um, the origins um, of Jesus the Christ and um, what we know about him, what has been said, about him, um, various uh, information that has apparently been channeled by him and I I will also be talking um, about my own deep, deep connection um, with this person, um, with this entity who has very recently come into my life and is now playing a a large um, yet undiscovered role in my life. Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for um, taking part in any questionnaires that I've posted. Thank you for continuing to to learn and to grow with me. Um, It's always a pleasure to record podcasts like these and I will see you in part two.